Vitality Radio, always brought to you by Vitality Nutrition in Bountiful, Utah. Hi, everyone. Um, Thank you so much, Jared, for having me on the podcast today. My name is Camila. Um, I'm really excited to share my story today and hopefully provide some hope to some of those who are vaccine injured. Um, So thank you so much, Jared, for having me. Yeah, absolutely. We love having, uh, I love the opportunity to do this podcast, and I'm really excited to talk to you because your story, um, fortunately, has a little bit more um, of a positive outcome than most of the people that I talk to. I hope Mm -hmm. that that will provide some uh, hope for the people listening. So very excited to have you on. Thank you so much for joining us. Why don't you uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and kind of who you are and what you were doing prior to the vaccine? Sure. Well, there's a lot to unpack. (laughs) But um, to put it very simply, I was a very healthy, high-level athlete before the vaccine. And I played collegiate beach volleyball at UCLA. I had since graduated, um, was doing a master's in public health, and had since completed that. So I'm no stranger to the healthcare industry, um, and I have always been very trusting and very um, on board with what the healthcare industry has been presenting as truthful information. So that is a very brief background on where I came from, but high-level athlete, very healthy, vibrant, living life very freely and joyfully. And um, the before I got the vaccine, a couple months before, my little brother actually was diagnosed with brain cancer. So there was a really interesting turn of events in my life that kind of happened while I got the vaccine um, and just before. And I honestly think that a lot of the stress that I was under contributed to the way that my body handled the vaccine. Um, And I just, I think that there, there was a bunch of factors at play where it was all interconnected because my little brother got diagnosed with brain cancer I injured myself pretty badly and tore a ligament in my ankle and was going through rehab and I was stressed out about that because it had implications for my athletic career. And then I got the vaccine and started experiencing all these crazy symptoms. So there were multiple factors at play, um, but basically I went from being very young and healthy and excited for life to (laughs) experiencing over 25 debilitating symptoms post-vaccination that were steadily building over time. So they were very mild at first. Um, And then as I went on and on, they just kept building and building and building until I couldn't ignore them anymore and decided to seek help. So that's that's the Spark Notes version. (laughs) All right. Fair enough. So let's go into a couple of details. Um, Which vaccine did you end up uh, taking? I took Pfizer. And you did two? Doses. Two doses. Did yes. you have any side effects after the first dose? I did not. Other than a sore arm, I didn't have any side effects. When did you start to notice side effects after the second one? About a month or two. I mean, it's it's really difficult for me to say because, and <laughs> I was so hesitant to share my story at first because my symptoms were not immediate. 
they built up and my immune system started overreacting in a way that was tangible for me over time. So I don't like to get into the details of how long it took me to experience XYZ symptom or how how long it took for them to build up over time because it makes it it gave people a reason not to believe me um and it was really frustrating to walk into doctors offices and say no I didn't experience these symptoms right away but this is the one thing that I've done differently with my health and I haven't changed anything else And so I really believe that these symptoms are vaccine related. And I've heard so many other stories of people who have the same symptoms as me, like neuropathy and my limbs going numb and tingling all over my body and body aches and a headache that's like a band around my head, migraines that I've never had in my entire life, tinnitus is off the charts, you know, all of these crazy symptoms that I've never had before. And they were all just chalked up to stress because my little brother was suffering from an incurable illness. And I just kept saying to myself over and over again, I know myself, I know my body, and I know this isn't stress. And so my symptoms over the course of a couple months were very, very mild at first. It was like, oh, that's weird. My, my leg is tingling. Oh, that's weird. It just gave out oh, that's weird, I'm having headaches every day now. And it just built up over time. And then I started researching symptoms associated with the vaccine and almost everything matched up um, with a lot of other people's stories. And I was just, it, it's, I just knew intuitively, like in my heart, it really resonated with me. I think this is from the vaccine. So it's an interesting position that people like yourself find yourselves in. And of course, I've interviewed a lot of people and uh, there's a lot of people I've talked to who are vaccine injured that I haven't interviewed You know, on the podcast. I've probably talked to easily 100 people uh, mm-hmm. so far who are dealing with these types of things. And the story is so incredibly similar. Mm-hmm. It, it varies a lot in terms of onset, You know, Mm -hmm. how quickly it hits, what hits first, all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. But the actual symptomology, as you said, it's like it's this list and it's the same for so many people. And the first thing that tends to happen near as I can tell is everybody gets diagnosed with anxiety. Yes. (laughs) And yet I it's interesting because prior to the COVID vaccines, I don't think anybody was chalking up neuropathy to anxiety. Right. (laughs) Right. Like that's not what causes neuropathy. Right. Um, You know, maybe uh, there are a lot of things that can happen. Right. People don't sleep as well. There's, you know, nervous tics, things like that. But tinnitus never came from anxiety. Neuropathy never came from anxiety. Uh, Tingling limbs, you know, never came from anxiety, that kind of thing. So uh, it is interesting. But as you say, it's easy to get dismissed when you're you are saying safe and effective didn't apply to me and everybody else is saying safe and effective is what they are. Right. Right. So I appreciate you sharing that. And I also appreciate that, uh, you know, your, your honesty about, uh, you know, how you feel about sharing the onset because I not being in your position, but again, having spoken to so many people that are, I totally understand and and it makes perfect sense. So can I ask uh, what date were your, uh, well, was that second uh, dose? 
So I actually got it very early on in the pandemic because um, be- because my little brother was suffering with the situation that he was. My family was able to get our vaccines sooner. So we were able to to get them while all the healthcare professionals were getting them. So it was early January. Um, January 2021 was when I got my second dose. So we're, we're almost coming up on two years for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you, these symptoms started to kind of pile up um, and, and over time got worse and worse. What was it that first clicked into your head that made you think you should be researching and seeing if this had anything to do with the vaccine? Hmm. So just generally, I felt that something was off. <laughs> something in my body was very off. And especially when I started to have tremors, tremors was one of the biggest symptoms for me that, um, that really started to make me think this could be vaccine related. And I started working with a professional at that time who works in natural and holistic medicine. Um, and she is a very specific type of professional. She uses applied kinesiology and muscle testing to figure out what's going on in somebody's body energetically. Um, And then she uses supplements and she uses the same type of applied kinesiology and muscle testing to figure out which supplements are going to help that person's body rebalance itself. Um, And so she was looking at my symptoms and she was doing her testing and things. And she said, this is absolutely vaccine related. There's, you know, there's no doubt in my mind that this immune system dysregulation um, is vaccine related. And everybody else that I had gone to (laughs) was, at least in the Western medicine world, was just saying it was anxiety. But again, in my core, in my heart, in my deepest sense of intuition, I knew that this was not just anxiety. And so when I went to her, I I said to myself, finally, somebody who is actually going to believe me and also has solutions to help me. Um, But when I started having tremors and researching deeper into what neurological symptoms are like, I actually, um, I came across a few stories Shoot, I'm totally blanking on the woman's, the young woman's name now. Her name was Maddie, and she went to doc um for her treatment, and he was very open about treating vaccine injured people. And so I watched her story, and I was like, wow, her symptoms are a lot more severe than mine. But if you took them and you dumbed them down, those are the exact symptoms that I'm having. Um, all of these neurological symptoms that are just that can that can be put in the box of anxiety because they're neurological, um, but but they're clearly not just anxiety. So when I when I came across her story, I really resonated with it, and then I started reaching out. I started reaching out to her. I reached out to her mom. I got connected with a bunch of other vaccine individuals, and I just started vaccine injured individuals, excuse me, and I just started having conversations. What are your symptoms like? What was your onset? Um, What are you doing to help yourself? And the more conversations that I had with these people, the more I realized this was what I was dealing with, um, because our stories were just so similar. 
Gotcha. Yeah, and it, it's interesting the position again that you you folks find yourselves in with this this crazy scenario that I think we've really never seen before right. uh, anything like this is you you're left to think in many cases I think uh, I've certainly heard this before that maybe you're the only one that's dealing right. with that or or you're one of very very few and then you start to research a little bit and you find more and more and more you know stories like yours and start to recognize oh this is a bigger problem than than you think so uh, I'm curious I'm always curious what is it that you hope to gain from sharing your story, uh, or not you hope to gain, but th- what do you hope happens when people hear your story is a better way to put it. I just hope that people can find a sense of hope and reassurance that their bodies actually can heal from this. Because it was such a scary experience for a year of having these symptoms with little improvement, you know, going from a high-level athlete who was able to work out for four hours a day to being essentially really close to being bedridden. I had very little energy to get out of bed and do anything physical. Plus my entire body hurt and my legs were giving out. So I felt it was dangerous and I was having chest pains as well. So I was really concerned about myocarditis and pericarditis for a long time. Um, (laughs) Going from those extreme, it's, it's just so scary when you lose so much functionality and there's no medical explanation as you're used to receiving you know you expect to go to the doctor and get answers I kept going to the doctor and getting and being more confused and being invalidated um, until I found a nice group of doctors who were very validating and um, they you know they finally started believing me and then they started seeing other people that were having the same symptoms and they were like, okay, you know, we were a little confused because your onset was delayed, but, you know, we think that this is from the vaccine and we've seen other people that are um, experiencing similar things as you. So then, you know, eventually like six months after January, (laughs) that's when I started to see a shift in the medical profession um, in, in terms of their openness to what I was experiencing. But I'm, I think I went on a tangent and I'm forgetting your original question. No, so that's can okay. You that? the, the question was, what do you hope people uh, gain from hearing sure. your story? Yeah, I just, I want to provide hope. I also want to provide resources, you know, like there, there's a few, um, there's a few doctors and healthcare practitioners that I've seen that have been incredibly helpful to me. And so I am constantly sending vaccine injured people their way. Um, the first woman in particular that uses applied kinesiology and muscle testing, her work is so specific and every single person that I have sent her way that's vaccine injured, every single person has improved. So there's, there's quite a few prominent people, um, that have been speaking up in the React 19 community that I've, you know, that I've, um, sent to her and I get... Every single person that goes to her, they, they start getting better. So I want to provide those resources so that people know that they can heal, that there are people out there who want to support them and that they don't have to be alone. And I really want to reiterate that underneath all of this, it's really important to have faith and have hope 
and believe that your body actually can heal because that message that you're sending yourself is going to be the foundation of your body's ability to receive healing when it comes your way. I could not agree more. Absolutely. Uh, there's, I've seen so many instances of that, that the people that believe it can happen and will happen, uh, it opens up the pathway for it to happen. Yes. Uh, losing hope is, is uh, I think, the very biggest uh, thing that you can do to prevent healing. So I, I couldn't agree more with that. Thank you. Thanks for sharing. So let me ask you this then. Let's get into a little bit of detail because we haven't gotten here yet, but you've now you've talked about, you know, how the, uh, you know, when it happened back in January of 2021, so we're talking mm-hmm. a long time ago now mm-hmm. in, in COVID terms, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty early into the process. And, and that is interesting too, just as kind of a side note, it's no wonder that the doctors you were talking to had no idea what you were talking about because they hadn't seen it yet. You were one yeah. of the very first people in, right? Exactly. Um, so there's that. And, but then now you're saying you want to provide hope, which would indicate to me that you have had success overcoming this stuff. So let's talk about kind of what that process looked like and where you're at now. Sure. So... <laughs> When I realized what I was dealing with, I made a deal with myself that I wasn't going to give up until I was healed. I just, you know, it, (laughs) and I've actually, I've gone through eating disorder recovery in the past. So in, in 2018, I almost died from anorexia. And during that time in my life, I found myself hospitalized and I was, you know, sitting in my hospital bed and my heart was barely beating 35 beats per minute. because it was so weak. And I made a deal with myself at that time, at that time, too, I'm going to go through this recovery process, and I'm not going to stop until I'm healed, until I'm done with it. Um, And I was like, all right, I've been faced with a really difficult situation before where my life has almost been taken from me, and I can do it again. And this is a really scary, unknown process. But um, I got to believe that I can do it because what's the alternative? The alternative is to lay over and roll over and just not believe that I can heal. And what, what good is that going to do me? It's not going to do me any good. So um, I made a deal with myself that I was, I was going to get better. And then I just started researching everything that I possibly could. Like I said, I started having conversations with all these other vaccine injured people um, to see what they were doing to help themselves. I got in touch with um, a girl that I still keep in touch with very closely, and she was using hyperbaric oxygen therapy to help herself. Um, She had a spinal cord injury as a result of the vaccination in which she I mean, she got she got the vaccine, she got the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, and then she went down 24 hours later, and couldn't walk, um, and just you know, absolutely, <laughs> the correlation there was so clear, right? Um, and she was using hyperbaric oxygen therapy, and she was starting to walk again. So I got in touch with her, and I started asking her questions. Um, I got in touch with the pastor that she was working with that had. Um, that had introduced her to hyperbaric oxygen therapy and he happened to be in San Diego. So I started going to him for that treatment and then I started to get better. It was very slow. I started noticing very minor changes, but 
I had to do about 20 sessions of hyperbaric oxygen therapy in order to feel a tangible change in my body. But then once I did start feeling those changes, it just escalated and escalated until, you know, my energy was improving and improving and improving. Um, And I started to, that baseline level of hope just compounding on itself because I was actually seeing results. Um, All the while, I was still continuing to see this woman that was doing muscle testing and applied kinesiology. And she was like, even though you're not feeling 100% yet, we have reason to believe that you're getting better because your supplements are changing and your body's telling me that you're needing different things and it's focusing on different areas um, and you're needing less and less supplements. So, um, So I was constantly using her as my kind of like jumping off point for what else I needed for what else I could supplement my my healing with because her testing was so specific and because I would get so much clarity and information from her appointments. So she she even had a way to um, tell me like how much hyperbaric oxygen therapy I needed or how much ozone I needed or what kinds of other modalities would be helpful for my body and how much was too much. Um, but I ended up doing... 40 sessions of hyperbaric oxygen therapy. And then I started looking into ozone um, and extracorporeal blood oxygenation and ozonation. And I tried that for a few times. That like skyrocketed my energy for a little while. Um, And then I found another doctor in Orange County who has a specific formulation of methylene blue and a couple of other compounds that is really, really helpful for neurological symptoms. So I was on that supplement for a couple months. And then, and then I kind of had this intuitive sense that I was done. Like, yeah, that I, I didn't, well, I'd spent so much money at that point. And because none of this stuff was covered by insurance, literally none of it. Um, and you know, I'd spent half my half my lifetime savings, right? Um, and I was like, you know, I'm at a point where I'm stable. I'm not having <laughs> I'm not having debilitating symptoms anymore. I can go about living my life. I think what I need is just time. I think my body just needs some more time to heal. And I got really into meditation and prayer. Um, so I identify as Christian and I'd been praying, you know, this entire time for healing and for God to guide me in in the right ways to go, um, for the right people to see and the right influences to surround myself with. And I also discovered Dr. Joe Dispenza and, um, and I started, I started listening to his podcast and then I read his book, Becoming Supernatural, and I was blown away with the science that he has around how stress and our own thought patterns can contribute to disease. And so instead of searching outside myself for all of these outer, you know, outer ways that I could heal these these modalities that are outside my own body I started to meditate every day and envision myself fully healed 
um, and really get into the emotions of joyfulness and happiness and gratitude um, and a feeling and a sense of wholeness that I am healed. Um, And I started to improve drastically from that point on. I was like blown away. I love what you're saying. First off, Dr. Joe Dispenza, anybody listening, I don't care if you're injured or not, if you're healthy or not, I don't care how old you are, dig into his stuff because he is amazing and the information mm-hmm. he provides is fantastic. We actually, mm-hmm. at, at Vitality, uh, my my business, my uh, health food store, we teach uh, emotional vitality uh, as a uh, basically set of workshops to help people with exactly that. And a lot of what we teach uh, originated from uh, Joe Dispenza. He's phenomenal. So yeah. I highly encourage that. His podcast is great. His books are great. Um, but yeah, the, the visualization of being healed and whole, it, it's, it sounds so woo-woo to a lot of people, but it it's so powerful and it matters. So thank you for sharing that. I absolutely love that. Absolutely. So I mean, then, people deserve to know the power that their body has. You know, like you need to know what you're capable of when you tap into that energy and that source that you have within yourself to help you heal. And it's all around you as well. And I just, I was like, why did I, why did it take me so long to figure this out? <laughs> because if I had that as my baseline, I think I would have healed a lot faster. People live their whole lives without figuring that one out. So uh, (laughs) you're certainly not alone. You found it a lot earlier in life than most people, I would say. So it's interesting, though. There's there's so much to unpack from just what you said. And this is such a fun conversation. I'm so grateful to you coming on uh, the podcast because this is the kind of information that people need to hear. One of the things that I tell people, I, I almost have to put just a little word of warning uh, when I suggest, you know, listening to dearly discarded podcast and say, Hey, listen, some of these stories are pretty hard to hear. Uh, and, and you, you know, you listen to it every week and it's like, Oh man, there's another one that's, you know, been kind of struck down by this thing. And so stories like yours and the hopefulness that you're sharing is, are incredibly valuable and powerful. And I, I couldn't agree more with um, the, the, you know, the approach you took is just, it's beautiful. And it's something that everybody can do. The other thing that's interesting you mentioned that I want to really highlight, because I think it's important. Nothing's covered by insurance for this, right? You, you mentioned that. None of it's cheap. Hyperbaric no. treatments are expensive. Ozonation is expensive. Uh, supplementation is expensive. These are things that can drain people. And, and depending on what position you were in financially when the injury occurred, some people are far more capable of paying for these things than others, right? Yeah. So uh, some people don't have the, you know, the cash to do the hyperbaric treatments and things like that. But one thing that everybody can do is meditate. Yes. One thing that everybody can do is visualize. One thing that everybody can do is pray. These are all things that are within everybody's power and they don't cost a nickel. And if you can get to the point where you really believe that there is value in these things, we have to remember that in medicine, um, the placebo effect is is evidence that this kind of thing works. What you yes. believe matters. And uh, one of the challenges, I think, and, and one of the things that I, I hope we're doing on this podcast is giving enough hope to where people that listen to it don't think, okay, there's no way out of this. I'm stuck sick and that's how i'm going to be until the end 
and there's nothing I can do about it. We need more voices like yours in this world. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for uh, speaking up because it's, it's incredibly important. Oh, my heart is swelling. (laughs) I'm just, I'm so excited to share this information because like I said, everybody deserves to know about it. And we really are, (laughs) we really are our own best source of healing. Our bodies have this like really fantastic, beautiful, innate capability to heal, to heal themselves. And a lot of times we just have to get out of our own way. We have to start, we have to stop feeding ourselves, you know, the lies that we can't get out of it or that our doctor said this, our doctor diagnosed us with this. So that means I'm done. You know, it's just, it's not true. And if we can accept and believe the fact that there's something better out there for us and that our future doesn't have to be what our current reality is, that if we can tap into that and keep feeding ourselves that story, the chances of healing are just far greater. I love the words you just chose there. It's not true. Uh, it's not true that you're stuck and that you can't move forward. And And I don't really care where you're at in life and what you're dealing with, whether it's a loss of a relationship or a job or your loss of your physical or mental health, those are not permanent, or at least they certainly don't have to be. So yeah, just awesome. Thank you. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about the, um, maybe the challenges. I'm going to take this a little different direction than I have with other guests because you're such a wealth of, of information in this area. And I, I, I feel like people need to hear this. Um, when someone is vaccine injured, the first thing that happens in almost every case is they are met with blank stares, uh, mm-hmm. bogus diagnoses like mm-hmm. anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're dis- they're, I mean, the reason this podcast is called Dearly Discarded is they're basically discarded to a very large degree by most people in the medical yeah. industry, right? Yeah. And most people who were vaccinated were all in. They believed in it. They they did it for the reasons that we had been told that we should do it. Um, it's you're going to save people like your, uh, you know, your your uh, family members, like your brother, uh, the elderly people in your life, you know, the immunocompromised, and you're going to prevent, you know, a bigger illness for yourself. All of these things, and that would then indicate that people that chose to get vaccinated in most cases are trusting the medical establishment with their help. So then when you go for answers to the medical establishment and there are no answers to be found, then all of a sudden hope becomes pretty hard to find because they're giving you none. Right. There's nothing there, right? And it's very easy to go the exact opposite route that you chose to go into more of a hopeless uh, situation instead of a hopeful situation. And that's understandable. So if you're listening to this podcast and you feel that hopelessness, you feel like I'm never getting out of this, there's nothing wrong with experiencing those feelings. Those are real. Those are emotions that you probably need to feel uh, to some degree. But don't stay stuck there. You can choose to rise above the hopelessness and to find hope. And, um, you know, that I guess that's my... uh, take on it. I try not to speak too much on this podcast. I'm probably speaking too much. But uh, I would like your input on how you got from, holy cow, there are no answers to, I can do this. Sure. Um, Well, first of all, I'd just like to say that I'm actually studying to be a licensed clinical social worker. So I believe that mental health is the foundation 
for all healing because our bodies and our minds are so intricately intricately connected. And I was really inspired to go into that um, that field of work after I recovered from an eating disorder. So something some a huge gap in care for the vaccine injured that I see is just mental health care. You know, we like you said, if you're listening to this podcast and you feel hopeless and you feel down and discouraged and you feel alone and you feel discarded, I have felt all of those things and I want to validate all of those things because they are natural and normal feelings given your circumstances. And it's so unfortunate. I mean, I've actually seen so many therapists rise to the occasion um, and take on vaccine injured clients and, you know, and tell them and validate their circumstances and, and provide them with a safe space, which is so wonderful. But for so long, society has been discarding our stories and, um, even labeling us as people who are evil in a sense by sharing our, our stories. And that was one of the hardest things for me because coming from an educational background in public health, I was so afraid to tell my story because I was so afraid of how my colleagues were going to think of me because everyone was so on board with mass vaccination and this idea that if you don't get vaccinated, you are putting other people in danger, which I really don't believe to be true. Um, But that message was so hammered home in that community that I I didn't feel safe to share what I was personally going through and um it's it's really hard for me to see all of these vaccine injured people not be able to speak their authentic truth um and not not able to get hope um and and help didn't mean to cut you off the the backlash is real right from yeah. from both sides of the equation we've discussed that with you know with other uh, guests that I've had on the show and and it is it probably feels safer to just keep your mouth shut and try and figure it out on your own but it it, it, it is voices like yours that well you said it uh Maddie you saw her story you reached yeah. out to her you talked to her mom are we talking about Maddie yeah. to Gary by the way I did see Maddie DeGarry's story. There's different uh, Maddie. It's a different Maddie. She, yeah, she's in college now, which I'm so happy for her. She was able to continue her education um, and she's gotten so much better, but yeah, a a different Maddie. That's okay. Um, There, the point is this, I, I will say, I will say that at least half of the people I've talked to, it's probably higher than that, um, who are vaccine injured found hope hearing the story of another vaccine injured person. Um, it is the most common thing that I've heard, I think, beyond the thing that I hear every single time, which is the anxiety diagnosis. The next most common thing is when people start to figure out what's going on, it's because they found someone else who's going through something similar. And it exactly. sounds so similar that they say, oh, my gosh, I'm not alone. And just not being alone is huge uh, in the mental health game, uh, not feeling like you're completely isolated and completely alone, which is why React 19 exists, right? There's 40,000 plus members of React 19 uh, who who are vaccine injured people. And just to know that there's 40,000 other people 
that in and of itself, I think, is very empowering. And I'm so so grateful to Bree and Joel and the other great people over at React 19 for that, uh, you know, that resource. So if you're listening and, you, and you're new to this um, and you haven't checked out React 19, it's react19.org. Phenomenal uh, organization with great resources. Uh, definitely check them out uh, if you are injured or someone you love is injured, uh, or if you simply just want to help out, you can also donate to the cause because 100% goes to the people who are um, who are injured. So uh, definitely check that out. Uh, let me ask you this. I, I'm curious what your take is on this. So you did, you obviously started diving into what would be considered, you know, alternative uh, treatment type mm-hmm. options. Um, mm-hmm. Everything from hyperbaric to ozonation to supplementation to applied kinesiology. Um, mm-hmm. And it that's another thing that I pretty much hear almost all the time. The best results most people are getting are coming from the more, you know, the less mainstream uh, approaches to this. Uh you clearly put a ton of the, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The results that you've achieved in your recovery on just your own mental game, uh, you know, figuring this out for yourself, meditation, how big of an impact do you feel all of the other stuff you did, the hyperbaric and all that kind of stuff played? And was that maybe the catalyst to starting to feel like you could get there? Yes. Yes. I I didn't discover meditation the way that Joe Dispenza teaches it until about probably I was a a year after, after being injured by the vaccine. I didn't, um, I didn't dive into that realm until a little bit late in the game. Right. Um, so ultimately, but like I said, earlier on the podcast, I made a pact with myself early on. I'm not going to stop until I get better. I'm not going to stop trying. I'm not going to stop searching. I don't care if it drains my bank account. I don't care if, um, (laughs) I don't care if I spend all my time and energy trying to heal, you know, I'm going to get there. Um, and it's not, I don't, I don't see another option. Um, so having that sense of will and determination, I think, as a driving force, really, really spurred me on to try to seek out different things and try to trust different modalities and just really using my body as as the biggest indicator of what was helping and what wasn't. Um, Really tuning in to how I was feeling after each treatment, how I was feeling after I interacted with certain practitioners, and to answer your question, how much weight did did those things have? I still go see the lady that that does my supplements. I, I um her her work is absolutely phenomenal, and I believe that the things that we do for our bodies in this three dimensional reality that we have access to um, is still super important, um, and we need to we need to find ways to take care of ourselves and we need to find ways to physically heal our bodies um but like i said the underlying process of digging into meditation and really cementing that core belief that i'm going to heal and i'm going to get there that was the foundation to really accelerate that healing process because all of these things like 
supplementation and ozonation and hyperbaric oxygen therapy no doubt were helping me. But if I had any sort of inkling of doubt or if I wasn't in a state of gratitude to receive the healing that was coming into my body, it just wasn't going to help me as much, if that makes sense. So I I mean, get out of your own way, right? Yes, exactly. So hyperbaric oxygen therapy helped me tremendously. I felt an incredible physical difference after I had completed those 40 sessions. Um, The supplementation protocol helped me tremendously also. Like I was in a full-blown cytokine storm (laughs) before I went to go see this woman. And then three supplements later and a week later, I was completely calm again. So, do you, mi- do you mind sharing yeah. what you think have been the most valuable supplements? Yeah, so I just want to caveat that the way her protocol, she tests everybody so specifically that there is no one protocol that is the same for a vaccine injured individual or any individual for that matter. So, people ask me to share my supplement regimen all the time, and I always, always say, this is what's for my body. And I don't know what's going to work well for yours unless you get tested. Yeah. In my line of work, because I, when I'm not doing dearly discarded podcast, I sell supplements for a living. So I, I know mm-hmm. supplements inside and out. Mm-hmm. And the, the one thing that I tell everybody is that the ultimate wild card in in health is you, you know, it's your body. So you're right. 100% right. What works for you doesn't always work for me. doesn't always work for your twin sister. Right. So there's, uh, th- that is a huge caveat. Um, and I think it's important, but also the reason I ask is because there are certainly things that work for a high percentage of people, uh, that sure. are dealing with this. And, uh, and, and a lot of people listening right now, are just looking for ideas, you know, new ideas sure. that maybe they haven't tried to try. Right. So I will say that um, one of the supplements that I know has been helping a ton of people who have had symptoms of long haul COVID and vaccine related issues is nitric oxide because the nitric oxide cycle is disrupted and our, as I understand it, our bodies can't process oxygen optimally. And there's a lack of oxygen um, in the blood. So this nitric oxide formula by NutraWest is something that I took for many, many months um, just to help my cells uh, uptake oxygen properly. Um, Another thing that was really helpful for me is echinacea to balance the immune system. Because my immune system was hyperactive and also underactive at the same time. So I was constantly getting sick, but I was having autoimmune symptoms. So Echinacea for me was Echinacea Premium by Standard Process was really foundational in rebalancing my immune system. Um, Cataplex E by Standard Process, Vitamin E, was really important for me. I also take... I take vitamin D. Um, I take vitamin K. Uh, I was taking quercetin for a while. Uh, there's a supplement called Total RNA by Standard Process that consistently in my um, appointments with this woman that I keep mentioning, my body really likes it. I think it's like I don't know. I don't know 
the science behind how that supplement may be helping my body rebuild. And I know that the a vaccine was an mRNA vaccine. So I don't know if there's a connection there between why my body wants that supplement and, you know, the vaccine induced side effects that I was experiencing. But that's been a consistent supplement for me. Um, I take a supplement called Organically Bound Minerals. And let me think. Um, there's a few others on there that are, well, a couple others on there. Believe it or not, even though I just mentioned a ton of supplements, my list has drastically reduced. <laughs> I, um, I don't I was, doubt that at all. I was taking about 20 for a while. Um, yeah, and yeah. in my experience, too, that it, it oftentimes is that you're on a lot of stuff until you can get to the point where you just need to think, you know, some things to, to maintain. Right. When your body is in such a state of uh, dysfunction uh, and disorder, it, sometimes it takes, you know, some pretty extreme measures to sort of get it back, you know, into balance. Um, right. One thing I, I think that is exciting, too, that you've shared, it seems like hyperbaric, you, you put a pretty high level of weight on that. And that's something that I think is pretty universally available. People can find hyperbaric wherever they are. Yeah. Uh, you know, they may not find an applied kinesiologist that is amazing as, as yours is, uh, you know, next door, but uh, hyperbaric treatment is out there. Um, ozone's a little harder to find, but it's out there as well. And obviously supplements aren't, uh, you know, particularly difficult to find. Uh, it's more a matter of figuring out, you know, which ones are going to make the most sense for you. Right. So I think all of that is also, uh, you know, worthy of uh, a little bit of hopefulness because these are things that are out there and accessible for most people. Yeah. Um, Okay, so then let's uh, let's we didn't actually get to this point, but this is the highlight of our conversation, I think. How do you feel today? I feel amazing. That is so great. I that really so do. Great. I feel so wonderful. Um and I'm not to the level of physical fitness that I was before I um, a couple years off will do that yeah, to you, right? Yeah. Exactly. Before I got vaccine, like I I get in the gym nowadays and I'm still dealing with healing from this orthopedic injury because I that got put on the back burner while your, I was <laughs> your uh ligament damage. Yeah. 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 Ligament and cartilage damage. So I'm still dealing with that. So I'm not able to push myself in the gym like I would like to. <laughs> um but I would say that that is the only, you know, that's the only real symptom that is holding me back from anything. Um Everything else feels back to normal. My energy is back to normal. I do not have any more neurological symptoms. Neuropathy is gone. My legs are not going numb anymore. I don't have any more chest pains or heart palpitations. Um, there's no more body aches. Like healing, full healing is so possible. And I, if there's anything that anyone gets from this podcast interview, I just want you to know that full healing is possible. And I'm going to encourage you to believe that until it happens. I don't think I've ever smiled so much on an episode of Dearly Discarded <laughs> Podcast. You are amazing. Thank you so much. Um, let me ask you one other question that we, we sort of glossed over because I forgot to ask. But um, did you have to make some pretty significant diet changes? I actually did not. Really? Okay. Yeah. Were you already eating a pretty clean diet or what did that look like? Um, I am not the cleanest eater. Okay. I'll just be fully transparent <laughs> just just because um when I went through eating disorder recovery I was eating so clean when I was anorexic, right? 
you know, like just protein, vegetables, and like a little bit of oil was my diet. And it was so damaging to my body at that time that it was really hard for me to want to revert back to being restrictive with what I was eating. Um, I did cut out gluten and I really limited my dairy. Um, and I still, I still do that. I, I really limit my dairy now and, um, I don't eat gluten, but I still indulge in sugar (laughs) and, um, I like chocolate. And so I didn't change my diet so drastically that I think it would have made an impact in, um, in my health. But generally I eat a very well-rounded diet, carbohydrates, fats, proteins, um, and a lot of fruits and vegetables. So generally I try to keep it balanced, well-rounded and nutrient dense. Um, but I would attribute a lot of my not needing to change my diet to the work that I did with my applied kinesiologist. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. All right. So I think I've asked most of what I'd like to ask. Honestly, I could sit and talk to you for the next 10 hours about this. You're such a you're such a bright light uh, and and people need people need voices like yours. And so I'm going to say, you know, before we started, you thanked me from do for doing this podcast in the first place, taking the time to, you know, interview you, which I, I appreciate. It's my pleasure to do. I will say that. But I have to say thank you for getting out of your uh, comfort zone, I'm sure, because of the potential backlash and all the other stuff, letting your voice be heard, and then making it such an amazingly powerful and positive voice. Uh, we need people like you in this movement, and you you provide something that, um, frankly, I don't hear nearly enough of uh, in, in this uh, – amazing group of just unbelievable people that I get to talk to because I'm rambling here, but it's important to understand for those of you listening, uh, if you haven't had the opportunity to talk to a bunch of people who have been vaccine injured, like I have, and most people haven't had that opportunity, uh, these, I don't know what it is about the vaccine injured community. I think it's when you find each other and what you're able to do for each other to some degree. But you're some of the most amazing people I've ever met in my life. I mean, mm-hmm. it is so, so beautiful. And unfortunately, most of the people I talk to don't feel amazing. Most of the people I talk to feel terrible. Right. And yet I still get smiles and positivity and beauty even in those uh, people. But what you can provide is even above and beyond because you, you've made it to the other side right? You feel amazing, like you said, mm-hmm. and we need that. We need that so much. So thank you so much. I appreciate your time. I appreciate the uh, positivity with which you present your message. Um, you're just an, a beautiful soul. Um, I'm so grateful to have met you. Oh, thank you, Jared. I, I uh, could say the exact same thing about you. And again, thank you so much for providing a platform that um, that we can share our stories in a way that's respectful and and with a positive light, right? So, I mean, there's so many people that are sharing their stories out there and there's this kind of undertone of anger or hopelessness. Um, and this is the type of platform that we need to raise the energy and provide people with hope and healing and resources. And that's exactly what React 19 is doing. Um, and so it's really an honor to be here and, and thank you for your great work.
Yeah, the alternative to hope and high energy and positivity is not the alternative any of us need. So let's uh, let's stick on the high side uh, and and keep our chins up. And uh, let me just ask you, as I, as I let you go, uh, any parting words that you'd like to share with people? Any uh, resources or anything that you'd like to share before I uh, let you go today? Sure. Um, well, like I said. This woman that I keep mentioning, every single person that I have sent her way improves. If people would like to talk to her, can they reach out to you? I believe, yes. I believe that that would be because I don't have her permission to share publicly her information. Um, So reach out to me if you'd like to go see her. She's located in San Diego, California. So um, just throwing that out there as a location based. location-based caveat, I guess. And like I said earlier, if there's anything that you get from this podcast, hold it, hold on to the belief that you can heal, hold it in your heart and, um, and cultivate those, those emotions of joy and wholeness and, um, and full healing and, and, uh, never let that go. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Uh, do you pronounce it Camila? Yeah, it's Camila. Okay. All right. I, I apologize for, I, I missed it the first time. So I'm glad, I'm glad I know now. Camila, you are truly a shining light in this movement. Uh, thank you so much. And, uh, you know, please reach out to me if there's anything you know new that you feel like you want to get the uh, out there. We'll have you on again. Uh, if there's any way that I can uh, help in my little corner of this world, I would love to. I uh, greatly appreciate your time and your energy here on the Dearly Discarded podcast. Thank you so much for having me. All right. So that is going to wrap it up for today. I hope that this has been powerful uh, in in your life and in your, your heart as it has been in mine. I will say this, um, the maybe the best thing you can do if you're wondering, listening to this podcast right now is share it. Get these, wor- these uh, stories out there, uh, these messages out there. And this one in particular has so much power. If you know someone who's struggling, uh, heck, If they're struggling with anything, even if it has nothing to do with a vaccine injury, uh, Camila's voice is a powerful one of hope. And so share this podcast, get the word out there, check out react19.org. And uh, uh, if you can, you're capable of it, contribute, because I will tell you this, I have been in the health world uh, my whole life, and I choose very, very very specifically who I'm willing to share my money with when it comes to uh, charitable organizations. And React 19 is of the highest quality. The people there are amazing. And if you're capable of helping out, please do. Thank you so much for listening. You've been listening to the Vitality Radio Podcast. Enjoy your week. In the meantime, Jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it. Vitality Radio is researched and written by Jared St. Clair. Our awesome music is by Brian Bob Young. Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you.
Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. The FDA has not evaluated this podcast. This podcast is provided with the understanding that information shared is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is not a substitute for care by a medical professional. Thank you.